You are listening to Happy UN Career Podcast with host Barbara K. Anderson, helping you take charge, get the recognition you deserve, and create the UN career you dream of. I'm thrilled today to be able to share an interview with my good friend and former colleague, Mike Dodd. Mike is from the UK, and he started with UNDP in 1991 and retired at the end of 2015. I asked Mike to come on the podcast because I think he's had a very interesting career path, but maybe more importantly, because of the way he has approached work and career and the way he's taken decisions in his own career over the years. Mike began as a UN volunteer in Zimbabwe, moved to supporting the global rollout of UNDP's ERP IT infrastructure as a regional information manager, and he finished as a headquarters-based learning specialist at the P4 level. Mike's worked on three continents, and his work with UNDP spanned both country offices, regional centers, and headquarters. I always get inspired when I talk to Mike, and I think that in his reflections on his career, there's something to take away for all of us. So I hope you'll enjoy this interview as much as I did. Hello, Mike, and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm thrilled. Good to be with you, Barbara. Thank you. I'm thrilled that you wanted to participate. Um, and I was thinking that maybe you would start off by sharing a bit of your or maybe not only a bit, but your career journey with us. It'd be a pleasure. Um, I, I started uh, back in 1991 when I was working in London as an IT manager for a big company, uh, Hawker Siddeley in Piccadilly. And I had the feeling that I wanted something different in my life. So I applied to the British Volunteer Service. Mm. It's called VSO. And I went through the interviews and got myself uh, accepted by the British Volunteer Service. Unbeknown to me, they had a link with the United Nations volunteers. Mm -hmm. And much to my surprise and in the end delight, I found myself working as a United Nations volunteer in Harare mm. on a small IT project. I did that for two years, working as a volunteer. But because I was sat in the main office in Harare with the United Nations, the head of the office um, called me and said, would I like to continue to work for the main office as a consultant? Mm. And that's exactly what happened. I spent a couple of years working as a consultant setting up the IT network, the new IT network, uh, in, in the Harare office for UNDP. So that was your start with UNDP? Yes, and completely by accident. I, <laughs> I dropped into the United Nations uh, Development Programme. After two years working as a consultant, I decided, I'd now been in Harare for four years, that it was time to look for something new. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed working for the United Nations. The, the director was relatively complimentary about the work I'd been doing. Mm -hmm. And I applied for a IT 
manager post actually in Copenhagen. And I got the job and ended up being the IT manager for an organization which did the procurement on behalf of the United Nations called IAPSO. After that, after having a couple of years in Copenhagen, my, my sense of adventure kicked in again and I loved Africa. So courageously, I decided to leave um, UNDP and found a job uh, at the University of Botswana. So I, I went to be the IT manager at the University of Botswana. It was fantastic. Loved again to be back in Africa. <laughs> but whilst I was in Botswana, which is, of course, just south of Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. the Zimbabwe office kindly heard I was back in, uh, in Africa and they invited me back to continue the work as an IT manager back mm. in the main UNDP office in Harare. Sounds like you had a name in the UNDP already then, Mike. It, it, it <laughs> helps to, um, we, we've talked a little bit about this, Barbara, I know, yeah. about networking and uh, being respectful to all around. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that helped. And, and I certainly did learn that, um, for example, when I was supporting the network in Zimbabwe, um, I've, I've told you the story that I would go and help sort out people's desktops and they haven't got in quite a mess. Mm. And the um, HR um, admin assistant was struggling with her computer. And many, many times I would go and help her out with a smile on my face uh, and um, got a computer working again. That lady um, later in life became the head of policy uh, for UNDP in New York. Mm. So it just shows you that if you're respectful to people, whoever they are, mm. or whatever their status in life is, mm. you never know how being helpful to people of any level uh, works out yeah. in the years to come. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then I, I'm still continuing. After Zimbabwe, um, I again wanted to try life outside of the UN uh, because you get a bit swamped with the bureaucracy and the politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I decided I wanted to try living in in the real world outside of the UN, <laughs> and I applied for a job and got the job as uh, the IT manager for World Vision in the UK. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed doing that for a year. And whilst working for the World Vision, um, they asked if I would be the IT manager for the Southern African region and move into Johannesburg. Yeah, back to Africa. Back to Africa. But at the same time, UNDP, asking for regional information managers uh, to implement a complete global new IT system, which we now called ATLAS, which was uh, ERP, Enterprise mm. Resource uh, Program, uh, to implement it globally. I have to say that excited me. So I applied for a job as a regional information manager uh, back with UNDP, and I got the post. And it was based in Ethiopia in, in, in Addis, which I 
decided to do because um, the UN is a fascinating organisation. It's big, it's huge and exciting. It can be frustrating, but it was a pleasure to go back to UNDP mm. and work as a regional information manager and um, help implement this new global IT system they had. Yeah, I did that very happily for well, possibly three years. And during that time, a key aspect of that project was to teach staff, of which there was 15,000 people mm-hmm. yeah. uh, dispersed to 160 country offices, how to new, use the new IT system. And because of my previous I life, remember that, Vivillet, yeah. Yes, it's quite exciting <laughs> times. Uh, imagine one IT system for 15,000 people. Oh, yeah. Exciting and challenging. Sorry. And challenging. Yes, no, absolutely. Through 160 country offices. Yeah. Um, so I started working with the Learning Resource Centre because they wanted to use my teaching skills uh, because I had previously been uh, a teacher in the UK. Mm. So I ended up working quite a lot with the Learning Resource Centre and that in a sense changed my direction of life. I um, left the IT side of UNDP and moved to the Learning Resource Centre, which I then spent roughly the last 10 years of my working life working for the Learning Resource Centre at UNDP. Yeah. And had a wonderful time. And Barbara, that's probably where I met you first. Yeah. <laughs> the Learning Resource Centre. Yeah, yeah. You uh, mentioned to me that you actually, all during all of your career, always sort of on the outlook for the next exciting opportunity. Could you maybe um, tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. I, I, I never thought personally of a career as such with the UN. What interested me was the jobs on offer and the life behind the jobs on offer. So it it was the whole picture. It wasn't just moving up the ladder or sideways. It was to live a life that I could enjoy in addition to the work I was doing. Hmm. And I loved um, the adventure of travel um, many, many years in, in Africa and the last six years of my working life were spent primarily in Thailand. So it was the whole picture of life and not just the job which helped my journey through life. It, it wasn't mm. looking for the next big step or, or career move. It, it was looking at life as a whole. Yeah, And I think that's important if you're happy Uh, with life as a whole then that really helps you do a better job you want to be there you don't get bored you don't get uh, uh, overwhelmed by the can be monotony of daily Mm. life and daily work yeah yeah which of course there is in basically any kind of job Um, there is Barbara yeah yeah but would that would that mean that you know whenever you arrived in a new job you would start scanning the job pages again immediately or uh, how did that work um, because I have yes, a thing I, about that that we should be I, open yeah I, I, I do um, I, I always uh, and I'll, I like to say daily and maybe it's true would scan the job pages 
particularly of UNDP, for two reasons. It would give me an idea of what was happening in the organisation, mm-hmm. but it was also so seeds of a possible new job, which is, in a sense, how I find the regional information manager job. Even though I was happily working for World Vision at the time, the fact that they were recruiting um, new IT managers to implement this global IT system mm. Uh, is only because I was continuous, continuously scanning the job pages. Mm. So I, I feel that is a very useful um, attitude to have. Mm. And, and of course, in parallel to that, you do have to have your CV in order. You have to have um, what the UN or UNDP called the P11, which was a personal statement, yeah. all up to date and ready. Yeah. yeah. Um, and about the CV, can I ask you, because uh, I, have, I have sort of yet really to encounter anybody who enjoys CV writing, and then maybe you're that unique person who enjoys CV writing, but how did you go about actually having an updated CV sort of most of the time? Did you have a procedure for that or a schedule? or? A... No, th- th- there was no schedule. I-, I was always well aware when I changed jobs to add um, in, in the new details, um, but, but again, it, it's so important uh, that you have the fundamental one done. And again, we all know this, it has to be really no longer than two pages. It has to be beautiful English and it has to be well presented. And once you've got a basic one done, mm. the effort to keep it up to date is small. So mm. it is one of those little self-disciplines in life it yeah. is, is to know when to update yeah. your CV. So mm-hmm. it doesn't become a daunting task when you yeah. see a job yeah. you want. Yeah. Because it can become very daunting if, if you don't follow up on it regularly. Um, so it, 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 it can, Barbara. Uh, and perhaps something else which I feel is worth mentioning is being prepared to take a risk Um you, you can't always know what the next job will bring. Mm. And I, I think you have to be prepared to try a job, try a new country. And I know we all worried, get worried about our families and living yeah, in a strange yeah. country and yeah. pensions. But I found when you let go of what is secure around you, doors open which you've never foreseen before Mm. but you have to let go you have to have courage to let go of what seems to be a safe job with a nice pension to let Mm. go and try something new yeah and I think it's fair to say that every time I have let go to something which is scary to do because I'm leaving security behind new doors have opened and life has fallen into place yeah could, um, could you give an example of one that happened? yes i think i think there's two examples um by leaving my lovely secure job in london uh, and moving to harare i met my wife who mm. was um, an english missionary working at the church in Harare. So again, by letting lovely. go of what was safe and secure around yeah. me, I, I met my lovely wife for, for the rest of my life. Mm. Additionally, um, we worry about schooling for our children. Well, 
daughter Emily was born in Harare at a local clinic, mm. no problems. Mm. And bless the girl, uh, in the first seven years of her life, she had been resident in six different countries. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So <laughs> by the time she was seven, she'd been resident, not visited, but actually resident in six different countries. And what a fantastic life. What a fantastic yeah. foundation. Mm. And, and she's now happily uh, back at, at university here in the UK. Mm. So it's, it's, it's done nothing but good. So although the fear is there of education and children, it's yeah. amazing how it works out once you have the courage to let go. Yeah. I know that when we spoke earlier that uh, we talked about networking also and um, you you had some really good points on that. Um, yeah, but, but Barbara, I, I've never formally networked, um, at least I think in the sense that we mean, yet it is absolutely vital to network. So for me, networking wasn't about forcing myself on people or to try and prove how good I was. It was to treat all people at all levels with absolute respect and to help where I could. And this would be anything from um, the, the driver who wrongly was considered to be perhaps the bottom of the pile in the UN system and country offices mm. right through to the director. Mm. So no matter who it was, I would treat them all equally, equally with, with respect. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think after almost 25 years, you then get to know people throughout the organization, yeah. which ends up helping very much indeed. Hmm. The other thing I feel is of value is actually understanding how your organization works. And I think that then helps you to know where the opportunities are, who are the right people to speak to, to ask for help. So it's not just understanding your small office environment, it's understanding the whole organization and how it all fits together. Yeah. Which because of that is probably how I was able to jump out of the IT side of mm. UNDP and move to the Learning Resource Center. Yeah. It's, it's because of the feeling how those two aspects uh, came together yeah and I think that's such an interesting uh, take on, on the whole network thing because I, I speak to many people uh, and, and most of them say oh you know when we talk about network I'm, I'm not a very good networker and I oh this thing about you know going to the big workshop or the cocktail party and, and chatting up people people hate that idea and I think for most of us that's actually not at all how networking works Uh, much more like you say, it's it's about the everyday connection with the people around you. Um, I absolutely agree, Barbara. Um, you, you just touched on the many workshops which became a big part of the work I did. And sometimes you do have to face your fears. I do not like being the centre of attention. I do not like... Um, the breadth and scope 
of these workshops, which involve hundreds of people, mm. very senior levels, mm. and pulling the whole thing together and speaking at these workshops. Yeah. I ended up having to be the key local organizer of a number of these events. Yeah. And it's absolutely the last thing in the world I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, to an extent, I can't really find a word to describe. <laughs> but but I, I did them. And I must admit, they were awful for a couple of weeks. It was just awful. Um, however, I did it with a smile on my face. And by having the courage to do those events, which didn't come naturally to me, um, it became a big part of networking because so many people yeah, were involved in these huge global workshops with people coming from all over the world. It, it gave visibility to me, which is not something I sought, but is a byproduct of, yeah. of doing those workshops. Um, so that bit of courage to do something which was so against what I mm -hmm. uh, wanted to do yeah. paid dividends in the long run. Mm, so yeah. we do sometimes have to um, put behind our fears and yeah. uh, take courage. Throw ourselves in at the deep end sometimes. Yeah. Yes, and it's surprising how we survive. Mm. So that's also, you know, maybe you talked about being prepared to take a risk before. So. I think that's an example of that too. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and talking of risks, um, sometimes we get a bit scared of contract types and it's a real risk and uh, mm. it's genuine. And if you've got a post which is properly pensioned and got all the benefits the UN can throw at you, uh, a couple of times I let go of those secure posts to do a job as um um, on a less secure contract work in the country I wanted to work in. Mm. Um, it, it, and it was a risk, but nonetheless, um, over the 25 years, uh, letting go of what's secure and safe opened other doors which I hadn't foreseen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's something to be aware of. Um, yeah, and I think that's a very interesting perspective um, because I, I think from my own experience and you and also that the uh, that, that's something that's really on our mind for most of us, you know, the contract type, the pension and all of that. And, and do you really dare go and do something else? Um, so you did. Um, and I yes. can sort of, you, I can hear that you, you were happy with what you did. Yeah. And it, and it was a dare and it was a risk. But again, it's surprising when you let go of what's secure around you, mm. what new doors open, which you hadn't foreseen when you took the risk to let go. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's a wonderful way to uh, to end the uh, the interview today. Um, but um, I was thinking that maybe here at the end, I actually I um, I call this podcast the Happy UN Career Podcast because um, I find it's so important to to see career and work life not only as applied to full of shoots and oughts. Uh, but also as something that's really, you know, an important element of a happy life. And you already spoke to that early on. Um, so I was thinking here at the end, if if you have like a tip or advice you would like to to share um, from your own long experience with uh, the people listening here. 
again, what we've touched on, be prepared to take a risk and think of work in the context of a whole life. So it's not just the job, it's the life surrounding the job which matters as well. And I think if you're passionate about something, it is amazing what new doors will open when you have the courage to let go. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, Mike. Uh, I really, truly appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure the listeners will too. Thank Thank you, you, Barbara. Pleasure talking to you. I really hope that you enjoyed this interview and that maybe some of Mike's reflections will inspire you in your own career. In the next episode, I'll return to the topic of job search and CV writing. And as promised previously, I'll talk about some essential guiding principles for writing a CV you'll feel proud of and that you'll be happy to share with your network and send with your applications. And I'll also share a tip for how you might even enjoy working on your CV. Thanks for tuning into Happy UN Career Podcast. Please leave a review about this show and share this podcast with other professionals in the UN. Music